Hi, Jimmy here. Just a quick note to say on this pod, you may notice a small occasional scratching sound. It's not Sheppy, myself, or even number six trying to burrow out of the pod booth, but just a rogue wire scraping the edge of Sheppy's laptop. It's not often and not too annoying, but enough for me to make an intro about it, which is this. So I'll stop, but leave you with a cheeky chime or two from Big Ben to signal the start of our special prisoner pod proper. Where am I? In the village. What do you want? Information. Whose side are you on? That would be telling. We want information. 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 You won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> well, I'll just bloody say, for the purposes of the record and due diligence, uh, welcome to Shoulders of Giants. I'm Jimmy. Hello, I'm Sheppy, and that was excellent. You almost stumbled. I saw it. I felt it. Um, but no, you didn't. And that was great. Yes, Jimmy. Shoulders of Giants, which is, if I remember correctly, a podcast. What if sequels, prequels, uh, spin-offs, tie-ins, so forth for films? Usually, often, I believe, but not this time. Uh, today, we're doing part three or chapter three of The Prisoner, us talking about this TV show from the 60s. Yes, so uh, so there we are. How's that? Was that a, like a smooth oh, way of Smooth. Your memory serves you well. You remembered the podcast beautifully and, uh, and encountered that memory with uh, expertise, wit and guile, I thought. Well, that's great, because I wasn't sure if it was all just a bad dream. So that's wonderful, Jimmy. Um, so, so today we're doing, oh, and also I guess we should say again, it's weird when we speak about the order of episodes, and we said this before, but it, depending on where you look, often the pilot is regarded as episode zero, and so therefore the first episode after that is episode one, but that's not what Jimmy and I have been doing. So we've said the, uh, the pilot, which is Arrival, is episode one by our own barometer about what we're talking about just to try and make that nice and clear yeah absolutely and what a what a trio we have ahead of us Peps. what a trio Starting well yes the of the bunch maybe maybe yeah i mean really pretty it. they're strong they're really strong so the first one is episode five which is which is schizoid man uh are we on the same page there We're on exactly the same page yeah and you're right, just overall what you just said about the three, yes, and I'll go as far as to say, spoiler, this one and the last one of the three were the strongest uh, for me. I like them very much. I like the middle one, the general, 
uh, very much. But Schizoid Man, let's talk about, which I, I fucking loved. And I'll say it again, I've seen these episodes. And the last time I saw these episodes were was like about four or five years ago. But it's funny how much I don't remember. Whereas I'll watch an episode of Cheers, which I saw last in like 1989 or 1990. And I'll remember a lot from that episode. It's not weird, but I love the fact that my brain forgets about the prisoner because it means I can be surprised all over again, which is lovely. Um, so that's great. There is is very sim similar each episode. Not to say it's repetitive, but like there's just mm. a vibe to each one that kind of blends it quite nicely. You know, that I can imagine yes. that happening to me in a few years for sure. Mm. Yes, certainly. But then you can also be like, oh, the one which is basically the ultimate head fuck. And you're like, well, Schizoid Man would come close to that, I think. Mm. Um, I want to say quickly before we get into the bones of Schizoid Man, I want, uh, another thing I like about the intro, I love the whole intro. Uh, it goes on and on. But I love when he go, marches into his boss's office, he's doing his nails and he's letting him at it. And he thumps the table and breaks uh, the, the, you know, the cup and the saucer. I think he breaks the saucer. But he does all of that after he's spoken. So he said his piece. He's thrown down his, his letter. He's ready to storm out. But then he's just like almost as an afterthought, it seems to me. He goes bang. And he's almost looking straight into the camera at us, at him, when he does it. And then the cup breaks. And it's kind of like a fuck you. And then he marches off again. Um, so I, I wanted to just mention that because it's something that always tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> and just look at his face when he does it. It's such a quick cut. Yeah, it's like it's less good. than a second, but it's like a whoo. It's like, yeah, man, don't <laughs> fuck with number six. He'll fuck you up. He's an angry man. So, yes. He's a very uh, angry yes. man. Yeah. If that I may just jump into Skitsoid. Yeah. Pardon, sorry, Jimmy, say that again. I was just going to say, that was my very first note on Schizoid as well, his angriness. Like, he's so shouty during that memory game with the girl. Like, it's really oh, funny. Yes. Like, now! <laughs> well, says, the memory I'm game, right. let's just jump straight to that. I mean, yes, it absolutely, it becomes, <laughs> it becomes Ghostbusters uh, with, with wavy lines and everything. <laughs> oh, I want to say that just my first note proper is just with two exclamation marks, Anton Rogers which again, number two never fails to impress. And you hinted at this uh, and you were spot on. What a treat seeing oh. a, a 1967 Anton Rogers out and about, loving it. He's so yeah, what a great number well, two. He? He's got different energy to what we see him in. Well, you know, I could only really think of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and Fresh Fields off the top of my head. And, and May to December, and thank course, you very much. And of course, but like he's got really different energy he's got that i wrote here like a, just a, an amazing nasal timber voice and i just mm. i want more young ar he's awesome i just yeah, yeah. you want to kind of check yeah. out his imdb and go deeper yeah he's one yeah i bet he's yeah. in like things like the saint and persuaders maybe and stuff like that i, I bet you i'll bet you anything he's in a fucking saint so yeah, good old Rogers. No, he's great. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, my sister shared a train carriage with him once. So there you fucking go. Wow. Rogers for life. That basically <laughs> means me and him were like brothers, is what that essentially means. So I'm happy about that. Um, and I, oh, 
so yeah he plays this game with this girl again we don't know how long he's been there for but he seems to have this really lovely rapport with her and somehow is it a trick or is she psychic is it that she is psychic is that basically what it comes down to she is right i think by the end of that episode the the idea is she has the energy and the connection and she's guessing right based on her you know telekinetic ability whatever it is yes pretty mad yeah it's interesting it's interesting that it doesn't you know it doesn't present it as a twist it's just literally no no it's um it's always been like this it's no she's she's psychic what of course she is we always said she was she was (laughs) yeah i love it yeah it's weird stuff but i like it i sort of love it too to have a scene where he's just kind of Hanging out in a sixty-style apartment, playing that game with a with a you know young pretty young lady. It's just, yeah, very. And he's kind of got had this relationship with her where it's very scholarly and avuncular, and you know teacher student, but very fond and everything. But it's like you know Giles, you know Giles and Buffy in season six. It's like they've been through so much together. So it's like how how long have you actually been schooling her number six because you know it can't be more than a couple of weeks i wouldn't have thought um yeah. but i like that um <laughs> there's another nice bit in this where he gets knocked out again does poor number six always getting oh in this case he's in bed and he gets zonked by the the radar managing secret service teddy savalas knockout ray above his bed and then the, the goons come in, but we see the whole thing. Like we see the waking up in a different place bit, but this time we don't just cut and wake up with him and go, oh, where am I now? We see the goons come in and and like from that from their point of view, and it's like in Michael Clayton, they're so meticulous and professional. I could watch a whole show about these guys who come in and it's their job to move knocked out people from room to room and sometimes change their clothes and set up mind fuckery around them. Uh, it's good stuff. And they don't banter, which is great. They just get on with it. Um, so I like that. And that was worth a shout out. Yeah, that's wonderful. I loved that whole period. I loved the uh, manipulation of him with the left-handed number two, and they keep mm. shocking him to change his left hand to his right hand. It was so creepy and sinister. I just, yes, I yes. love the sound design on that. Just that little beat. It's wonderful. The words really purr, and the shocks really just crackle. It's nice, man. Yes. Good. Well, the whole thing—it's such a double mind fuck, and it's a really solid idea. To begin with, it's a really solid idea, but then it has like this whole extra layer mixed in. And, you know, so you've got like, oh, it's him or is it him or is it him? And but to have the idea that from number six's perspective, this is happening to him and he's number 12 and everyone's acting like he's number 12 and he's in on it. It's like that extra layer of mindfuckery, which isn't even necessary for it to be really good and mindfuckery anyway. But that mixed in is so genius. And I genuinely wonder if McGowan was like writing it and at a certain point was like, why don't we fold in this extra layer? Um, And if so, how through his writing process was he when he came to that conclusion of, oh, you know what? Hang on. What if we start with him when he's number 12? Uh, so I like that. I, I like all of that. Um, yeah, it's it's so great. Good. The It's such a mindfuck. The whole affair 
is a massive Philip K. Dick move, which might be my favorite down for the count thing I've ever written. Um, <laughs> that's that, that's my only note really is yeah the whole affair is a massive Philip K. Dick move because it is and it is. Um, there's such cunts at the village, I swear to God, and just playing with his identity and making him question his own sanity and his own reality. I mean the whole show is that happening to him like you said repetitively that's what happens but this one really pulls out all the stops um so i like that um <laughs> lots of good split screen uh very oh, well yeah. very smooth very good um you can't that whole see bit of pouring each other a drink and everything as well it's almost yes. i think it's a one shot but it's like you i know, think so. So, so flawless with the line delivery. I, I noticed about that is like number because of number six and number 12, you know, irrespective of who they are. You know? And number six offers number 12 a cigarette, and number 12 offers number six a cigarette, but then number 12 is uh, he offers him a uh, he offers him a drink, number 12 offers number six a drink, but then pours himself a drink, and number six lights himself a cigarette. So they offer each other something, but then take that thing for themselves, which is another sort of excellent kind of double mirror, weird shit thing yeah, going on. Love it. Which is great. <laughs> yes. Um, and they get the eye lines just right, you know, like oh, Western technically, with it, tennis balls it, and marbles or whatever. They don't get it right, you know, but they get it right. It's here. like it's your note where in the previous episode where he wakes up and he looks at himself, I think in A, B and C. And he looks and he sees and you see his point of view. And it's so technically well done from the right angle and everything before she closes his eyes. Um, and it's the same here. It's, it's exactly like that. It's, yeah, it's technically, you know, virtuoso. So, yes, um, that's excellent. Can't leave that scene without saying as well, Sheppy, as I've documented on this so far, like, I am a thousand leagues behind number six in terms of coolness and would not have right. dealt with this as, as effortlessly no. as he has. But um, but I do take my whiskey like number six takes his whiskey with, with you know, ice ruins the drink sort of thing. And I, I agree oh, with that. There you go. But that's nice. We've established that I had number six's shoes and you have number six's drink. So there you go. <laughs> I like that. I'll take that. Um <laughs> I, I want to say um, he's angry. He's angry all the time. He's angry with her, with like you know, wavy lines. But also he's angry, um, like just furious about um, the beard, which again is genius. Like like growing a moustache overnight. Um, he's so angry put that down he has a real. Sorry, Chef Ben has talked over you there, but I, I, I just, it's so fun. The full pizza bowls tash. And like, I met, I mean, I just put here, imagine waking up with that tash on, not just the time that has apparently passed, but like the manicure of it. People have been shaving your cheeks and chin to like yeah. sculpt that little puppy. For like at least so, a month, right? So scary. You're, you're trained to do left handed shit and you, yeah, you have a full bushy mustache. <laughs> um, and they've they've cut your hair, they've shaved you, they've kept your fingernails at the right length. Yeah, so you don't know that it's a, at least a month. Yeah. I'd say a month. Yeah, but it's nonstop. It's amazing. It's like the Mancunian. Did you ever see the Mancunian candidate? I think so, but I can't remember it very well. But you have to like revisit that. Something. Yeah, That's, they're both good, but I guess the original is is best. Yes, lovely. Anyway. 
Um, yeah, I like actually McGowan evidently doesn't really get electroshock training, thinking that one big shock undoes all of the others, yeah. which, is, you know, which isn't the case. But there you go. Um, but I like it nonetheless. That's wicked. <laughs> oh, and also the crow like death rattle of number 12 and when he's killed by Rover. And he is pure dead. Yeah. Um, and Rover kills number 12 horrendously and he dies sounding absolutely horrendous. Um, and by the way, tricked and beaten by the smallest of lies that just by chance number six happens to say first about I am the real one. And he goes, I am the real one. And says, says the password but it doesn't matter anymore uh, so and he dies, dies horribly so that's great and after all of that double trickery and double fuckery number six almost gets away with it he's been through all of that he survived all of that he did so well but then it, after, he's just like one slip up after another after another with number two with the woman um and then finally my final note fucking susan uh, so yeah absolutely gutted but, you know, in, I am frustrated for number six because also, come on, man, he, he made so many slip ups, which gave it away. He was Rogers was you know, believed it. He was willing yeah. to let him leave. You'd just be silent that whole time. I think you'd just be like, OK, well, whatever you say. Like, you know, it wouldn't yeah. take too much to get on that chopper in a way. Would yeah. It? But, so you're very quiet. It's like, well, you know, it was a big performance. I just this is maybe I'm going to be quiet for a few hours. No, oh, fair enough. Yes, of course. Off you go. Thanks, Anton Rogers. See ya. Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. And again, and also, or is it Anton died a year ago. I want you to think about Susan died a year ago. Not like, oh, there is no Susan. I made Susan up. No, no, there was a Susan, but she's fucking dead. It's like an extra, like, I think you'd remember. Uh, it, you know, it's like, could be like, I didn't know. I thought I was just being polite. I don't know who Susan was. But no, no, she was there, and she was she's dead, man. So yeah, that's a, a little extra thing. <laughs> it's a lovely, brutal laugh line. Uh, yeah, I love it, Sheppy. I want to just, I'll just, just before we move on, I'll, I'll just circle back. I just had a couple of extra bullets for us as well for consideration. So, I just, I, just in that drink scene, I wanted to say like it's actually an amazing, amazing this whole idea of entertaining one another as we've talked about before but just yeah. seeing as you've gone to so much trouble the least i can offer you is a drink it's an amazing life like yeah and it's really so smooth if either reality is correct into who's really the real one and who's not um <laughs> either way it's a really cool line uh, and so by the way I say some of this stuff to you really for like comedic podedic effect because honestly in the moment I am in and I am loving it. This episode was so good. I nearly like basically paused and said to G, I'm going to restart this whole prisoner experiment again with you because you need to see this shit. It's amazing. That's yeah. how good this was. But um, but I, anyway, the... Uh, one thing that sort of now makes me chuckle with hindsight, but in the moment I was so there. <laughs> Who doesn't need a recreation room to settle their differences, Sheffy? That's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> do some target practice. It's absolutely stunning and wonderful. Um, <laughs> You're not uh, wrong. I loved, and we've touched on it, but just the, um, all of the, 
um, the 12-6 interaction and banter and just Anton is so perfect for all of it. Like, oh, that was careless of me, you know, and all that sort of stuff. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the thumbtack was delicious. I put when they're doing this. <laughs> um, the, um, the mole removal was perfect. The flapjacks are my favorite dish. <laughs> what was that? Yes. It was so weird. <laughs> oh, so and by weird. the way, why? I mean, flapjacks, I have my own idea of what a flapjack is. What I'm seeing mm. there is like a little pancake or crepe. So can you explain that? Um, was in the yeah. olden days a, a pancake or a crepe called a flapjack in England? That's interesting. You're probably right, because I can only think of a brick of wonderful sort of OT syrupy goods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big time, big time. So, so it's surprising to me. For an escape plan, so maybe they agree. Why that thing? Um, uh, number two, just getting a massage while he waits for an update was wonderful as well. Yes, and why uh, not? You've got it all, all the facilities are there. Being number two is obviously a very high stress gig. Um, so you make use of the facilities, is the advice I would give. And then the uh, when when he hears about number six being dead, the what that news is absolutely amazing. It's a brilliant yes. Southie what. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, yeah. But Sheppy, thank you for that treat for recommending that treat. It was just a delight, man. It was, it was just wonderful. that's great, lovely. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. So the next episode is the general. Um, which I'll just say great setup was my first yeah. note there. Um, did you did you like th this episode I did, in Shelby. general? Yeah, I did. A degree in three minutes, Neo from the Matrix style. Fine yeah. For that shit. You know. I'm in. Um. <laughs> Probably get a headache. Um, Some weird fucking imagery. <laughs> um, he had uh, some immediate simmering sexual chemistry with number 12 in this one i thought like yes. the, 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 yeah um yes it's, it's really palpable well yeah no um amazing chemistry with number 12 who seems to be in love with number six from the off anyway and it doesn't hurt that he number 12 is a cross between michael york and simon mccorkendale so yes of course who is number six to refuse such <laughs> treasures so yeah no so that that's good stuff and also number 12 is he's like not playing around as it were meaning like it seems he's on the up and up he's not lying to number six he's doing what he says he's doing yeah no, it's, and it's just nice in the first place i will say i loved the discombobulation at the beginning um with sort of you've called it the general then we're referring to the professor who's apparently right. the, the the degree master and then he's running along the beach and then that you've got the sort of the the, the village following him almost rover-esque and it was really like yes. very wonderfully discombobulated and all of that stuff I, I was really sort of on my toes trying to piece it together a wee bit honestly and that was great you know I'm really happy with that it was yeah, yeah. yes mm. oh Kelly agrees um so oh no no definitely um I like the whole setup the general talk and so forth the bit where, where number two um, with num and number six is reciting all the historic stuff and then number two joins in and they speak at the same time and that's amazing. Um, and it's very well done. And the whole thing is very 
well you know, done by all. And also, I just in my notes, I wrote number six rudely hangs up on phone dude who's halfway through talking about Bismarck, because uh, like, <laughs> which which is great. He's like, so that's great. He's like, well, don't ask if you're gonna hang up. I just really I feel for that guy who he hangs up on big time. Uh, oh, and also, by the way, this McCorkendale Michael York number twelve, who's in love with number six, he's like. Um, he says he's been there for some time, but then in a previous episode, there was another number 12. So does that mean he was there as a different number or in a different capacity? Or is this a prequel to that other episode with the other number 12? Um, just a thought, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I also wrote number two is more scientific and scoffs at military shit. Um, which I, so so this number two has no time for you know he he wants to get down to the nitty gritty sci fi wise, which is interesting. My Sheppy, I thought this was actually uh, you know what I haven't reviewed my notes since I was watching it. You know what I mean? And I, so I should have a little bit more than I realised on this one to be honest. But I I I, I think one thing I did want to say to you. <laughs> Is that number two uh, has sort of neighbors rules on door entry <laughs> without like um, there's no knocking involved here. Right, you know, straight in. Yeah, straight in, and it's not my last neighbors reference against this episode, Sheppy. You might be <laughs> surprised to hear that, you know, with the finale. But um, <laughs> do you want me to rattle through these sheps, or did you have more Please. you wanted to say? Okay, so, well, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in when you want to. And, yeah, and so I, well, okay. Well, so I'll uh, no, oh no, I was like you first. No, you first. And we got stuck <laughs> in the door. Well, no, I'm going to say in that case, um, the professor point of view director camera speech was amazing, and I got yes. really into it. Hypnotic, and his expressions as he was talking were really superb. Just like really wonderful acting, basically. But he was really good. He reminded me of Barry Convex from um, Videodrome, but like English and smooth. He was really cool. I agree. I thought that bit was masterful. And and I've got to say, Sheps, like all three of these episodes of Five Star, like what we're saying, this one is maybe yeah. the least favourite. I mean, right. Yeah. It's five the star, least favourite Five Star. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, yeah. Totally. Right. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. All that. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I, yeah, I thought, I thought it was wick. And uh, it was a bit weird. Um, he, he sort of talks about being a, a zealous student with a tendency to overdo it with number six. And I thought that was, that was a nice summary. <laughs> um, and then he sort of, and in that whole scene where they find the sort of the professor as a waxwork sort of, sort of model thing, you know, and, and it's like, you've the wrong end of the stick. No, the doctor has. And they were just puns galore. I was yeah. Oh, I nervous. wrote, yeah. More-esque <laughs> pun, I wrote. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and that was shocking when he smashes the face. It was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jesus Christ. Um, no, that was lucky. Um, I wanted to shout out that number two has this one amazing delivery of a line where um, the bald man who pops up all the time says, it's number six. And number two says, really, how very odd. But he says it as one word. So it's kind of like, really, how odd. Uh, it's it's like it's really amazing. I can't replicate it. It's astonishing. So I, I made a note of that as well. <laughs> but I also like when 
uh, the lady rips up the, the really good uh, picture that number six has drawn, um, but he remains totally unflappable. I would have a moment of hurt after she rips up quite unnecessarily my nice picture, um, uh, but uh, he just immediately smoothly retorts creation out of destruction. And uh, she's like, oh, flummoxed again. So uh, I like that. <laughs> Number six remains unflappable, which makes me He happy. is unflappable. And he's so clipped to this dialogue. Like, just even there's yeah. a, would you like this? And he just goes, I might. Hello, but just the way that I might <laughs> yes. really need up. It's, oh, really... <laughs> it's so pure. It's so lush. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, oh, and also I like the bit with all the busts, in, including there was one of Leo McKern, and a, mm. I think a previous number two as well, uh, and then the one of number six, and then the current number two, and there's this another kind of really unsettling, unsettlingly jagged cut, uh, like an edit, that's when number two comes in after you see. It's really like creepy, um, just when you see number two's bust. It's, um, it's good stuff. Yeah, agreed. And I thought um, the whole thing, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but just the just the genius that it's just the dates of events and not sort of, uh, that you know, yes, a degree in three years. Well, okay, you've got the dates, you can regurgitate, yeah. but they're not giving people critical thought, which is important, yeah. you know what I mean? And that kind of, it's just quite yeah. perfect, if you know what I mean. I yes. It's really nice. So, um, yeah. Uh, that blue snake. The penny farthing chips that get taken by the little blue snake. Right. Oh, yeah. Steals the chip. <laughs> it's just amazing. And I actually, we've got somewhere knocking around the house something we bought in like Singapore Airport, which is like a little panda version of that that takes your coin and then like recoils. Oh, and it's really, brilliant. really fun. It's so cheeky. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they really fell in love with their creation, didn't they? Because they let that hang about three times. Yeah. But yeah, it for tension, you know, to see if he's going to get definitely. That. So that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm all for it. I uh, know it was great. Um, yes, no, I like that. Um, also, oh, yeah, I like there's a line where we learn that number two wants to escape. He sort of says candidly to someone something like, Well, I want to escape as well. Mm. Um, so that's that's nice. He's he's you know, I think different number twos are in different positions. But he's certainly a, not a free man. So that's nice. Oh, I also, uh, the top hat and shades look is impossibly cool. Number two, shades over the specs, just freaking nails it, doesn't he? Like, just <laughs> yes. wraps them on with no care in the world. Right. What a legend. I love yes. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, solid. Really <laughs> cool. Well, we're talking design. I love that whole room, the design, and the, the table looks like a snooker table board, like with that kind of felt yes. almost around it. I thought it was really, really nice and lush. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 very nice. And also, um the number two, he looks kind he's similar to the previous number two from like the election mm. uh one, but I don't think it's the same guy. I think I'm just like glasses racist or something um because but they do have similar glasses they have sort of similar faces but um yes yes but that always like sort of again it's just the village messing with me oh and i also wanted to shout out um number six totally gets like stabbed right up by a yeah, screwdriver into blood. his arm First yeah blood, i'm thinking i don't know we've seen blood yet we might have seen anyway. a bit of blood here and there, but that was pretty hardcore. And like 
dare I say, needlessly vicious. Like number six took it and he didn't seem bothered by it particularly, but a screwdriver into the arm, man, that's nasty. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so fair play. AI, which is very topical for today, Jimmy, um, that's a big feature. Mm -hmm. And of course, behind the curtain, Oz style. Uh, so I liked all of that. The general reveal being the general was a supercomputer. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I thought it was really cool. And like you said, the AI, and it's it's a question that, that is just, it's just the perfect thing. We, we'll get to the, the final word on the episode oh. in a minute, maybe. But just well, because we I, yeah, I saw it coming, and we won't get to it specifically, but I will say I wrote number six is going to do a Kirk with my notes live. because <laughs> you know, And I thought he was going to get in with like a logic question, like a Harry Mudd. If I can't lie, then why am I lying? That sort of shit. It does not compute. But he got in with like a philosophical, uh, like a deep question instead, which is nice. Um, and number two, it's one of those classic things which I love. Number two is dead against number six asking the computer a question until number six pulls a massive Flash Gordon playground antic on him. And it's the pure like, like you can't do it no like you're afraid go ahead it's like immediate it's amazing <laughs> it's the biggest turnaround um, i just wrote in the notes it's the flash gordon exclamation mark um so yes <laughs> um and anything else from from that sort of bit oh, I do, let me just quickly tidy off as well i there's a there's a moment where, um, as, as number six is creeping around, having navigated the the blue snake panda box thing, um, where he's creeping around, and I, I've just put, I wouldn't fall for the henchman being lured by a white glove around the corner. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> there's two boys guarding, and one of them comes around the corner and gets taken out. Then he switches the white glove and gives it the little winky wink with yeah. his finger. Yeah. And you just yeah. don't fall for that stuff. I'd be no. like, Shappy, is that you? And then Cutesy poo, cutesy poo, little hand beckoning, beckoning. And you're like, oh, I guess it must be. Let me just walk blindly around this corner. Pow! Well, the guards are idiots, but the yeah, that's probably like, um, they were probably just hired that way. Um, they're fucked um, up. And then I just with, with the the screwdriver and the hand, the bloody hand, and the, yeah. the but then he's back. He's on the radio, and this is one of my favorite things about this. Is just we've established in the schizoid man like you've got to be very careful what you say because there's protocols and just around the you know all clear standing by even making sure you say that right like even that's a dangerous and potentially a way to, to give yourself up even as you know and he always has this sort of film of sweat on his head during those moments oh. which is just palpable and wonderful yes. for number six i love it um, and uh yeah and just when they go in for the um the whole ai scene I actually rewinded this to double check, but the door to the office with the professor and the general has no pain when it's knocked, and then it does have a pain when it's opened, and that's got to be intentional. I don't think that's a set design, you know, problem. It's like just another little discombobulation, yeah. and like, yeah, yeah, I'm, really I'm sure you're right. I mean, who knows? Maybe it is a continuity error, um, but who who knows? Maybe it's not. And this type of show, it works either way, and yeah. I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm sure. Uh, also, I really <laughs> love the line number two says about the professor. Um, he says the professor loves the machine with all his heart, 
maybe almost as much as he hates it. Yes, yeah, a great is, uh, line. Oh, it gave me a shiver that line. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lovely. And he's, um, he's, oh. when, when they ask him, what do we have? And he gives it a row of cabbages. And he just loves his vegetables, doesn't he? He does. He's a good boy. And, it's uh, his second cabbage, certainly, um, that I can think of. Um, the second <laughs> one that we've mentioned anyway. So, yeah, he's a big cabbage fan is number six, which is cool. Um also, poor old number 12, not understanding how electricity works and just yeah. grabs the dude and they both get poor fried. Yes. And two horrible deaths um, like, you know, there, like, not very nice. And poor old number 12, he was all right. He was actually a goodie. Yeah. And then I just thought no one's ever fed paper more sinisterly into a typewriter, which is amazing, <laughs> or with more conviction, let's say at least. Amazing. Yes. And then Sheppy. Look, he has got one hand in a sling, to be fair to him. But, you know, the second neighbor's reference, we've got some serious Scott Robertson typing going around here. Like, <laughs> that is amazing. That <laughs> was amazing. That was, yes, amazing. It's tappy, tappy, tappy. Fair play. By the way, what since you mentioned he's got a, an arm in a sling, he beats up two dudes with one arm, which is uh, pretty special. And may I say, not kind of cheap TV hits where like one hit does like 18 hits worth of damage. He probably just has a proper fight with them, like, but he's much better and he beats them with one hand. So good old number six. Good old number six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't back myself to last three seconds of number six in a fist. Oh my God. He'd just look at me angrily and I would melt sexually <laughs> and with fear. Uh, so yes. Um, so let's get to it then. Um, the the thing, the question which blows up the supercomputer. Super yeah. uh, the question, of course, one word, three letters. Why? Wonderful. Why? When you said all about AI and stuff now, like there's something where you could get into your chat GPT and just saying, and just keep going. But why? Well, no. why? You know, and just blow it up. Maybe we could. Take yeah, well, it's that like many a parent have died that way. <laughs> um, so yes, yes, indeed, and in and also when he, like number two is like why, and number six is like why, and number two is like why. He's like, yep, yeah, of course that would blow up. Yeah, of course, yes, it, yeah. So that's great. Uh, and the last shot is a long shot of number six very quickly telling the professor's wife that her husband's dead before he fucks off and yeah. then it's the end uh, yeah. so that's i love that last shot it was very like it's gutting wasn't it like it's just really yeah yes well we were told the professor and his wife chose to be there and they chose to go to this place which is like it's so interesting. It just adds another layer of, and texture to what the village is. Mm. Um, and again, you can't trust a word anyone says, but we can assume in this case they were absolutely, that's, that's the case. They were telling the truth. And this is what happened. <laughs> and it's like, well, so I wonder if she stays more. Or, you know, it's like interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Was there anything else about the general you wanted to... Um, no, not really, Sheppy, apart from, yeah, he, he doesn't really have a, a doctor's bedside manner there, does he? It's probably just that no. your dad... <laughs> 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 your husband, he's dead. Off he fucks. Be seeing you. Yeah. Be seeing you. <laughs> Gutted. <laughs> you won't be seeing him. You won't be seeing you. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so so her day's ruined. So now we come to uh, the episode Many Happy Returns, which you sent me a text or a message um, over, which I'm going to paraphrase unless you can uh, quote it, but it was something like, I'm never speaking to you again, or the friendship's <laughs> over. You've got, you've got a lot to answer for. Yes, over the line. It's a friendship ender. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I understand that. And um, yeah, many happy returns, which I was really hiding behind my fingernails, giggling and you know, with glee knowing that it was coming and knowing that you were going to be watching it. Uh, I was, I was tittering, Jimmy, I was tittering. <laughs> um, so, uh, so here we go. I, I said also to you um, that it was kind of my favorite episode. I think I have a many favorite episodes, um, including Schizoid Man come to that, but Many Happy Returns is kind of special just cause it's so, oh, it's such a fuck you to him, to us, to everyone. It's so brutal. Talk about not recovering. And we thought it was bad with the chimes of Big Ben, but this is worse, I'm sure, because oh. he does make it out. Uh, he's out. If I was him, though, I wouldn't go home, I will say. No. He's in London. He's Don't go home. That's there. what you got before. Yeah, just get out. They're relying on him to do some things there, to be fair. I'm sure they had counter strategies and plan B, Cs, and yeah. but, but ultimately, to go there and go back to MI5 or whatever it is, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. really like, yeah. Not knowing who to trust, but still don't go back to the place where you were picked up in the first place. Yeah, that's yeah. that would seem to be rule number one. Let me say, we were jumping ahead, of course, but when he jumps out of the back of the van and he is in London, we hear the street noises and we, by this point, are conditioned, especially because of Big Ben, of course, to be like, he's going to jump out and he's just going to be in a warehouse and people are like shaking the van and there's like another <laughs> tape recorder with traffic noises. But he jumps out and he's on the on the road and then we move up and he's just like right in central London. And it's pure Ipcris file, um, similar uh, shot. Uh, so yes, wonderful, good stuff. What a what an episode. Sindon. Um, oh, which is great. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, did I put here great Sindon, the time when these men were boys, or the boys, sorry, the time the when boys. these men were the boys. Yeah. Like, like Rogers, Sindon, just hanging out in London and drinking yeah. whiskeys without ice and everything. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> that's the life right there. Cigars, you know it. Uh, Tom Baker in the corner with Anthony Hopkins and John Hurt. Yes, please. So, before we go too deep on London and the twist and the horror and all that shit, but yes. just like at the beginning, I wondered if you had a view on this. Like he writes down IOU 964NOB or something. Like I wonder what that all meant. Do you know what that means when he leaves? Who like, did he write that to? I think he just scribbles it down before he leaves his apartment. You know, like oh. on a bit. Like, I don't know what that we'll meant. We'll have to check that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And first words said in this app at 16 minutes and they're in Deutsch. How about that? Oh, that's I great. We paused and went, yeah, man, that's such a cool thing. Like we've had silence for 16. It's, that's really genius as well. And so brave, you know, mainstream primetime TV. Yeah. And silence, not a word. Um, 28 days later, styly. Um, with this whole just wandering around but doing the thing you know not wasting time going still the whole village is deserted 
I love the the whole. There's no, um, you know, just he's so in routine. He sets the coffee. He goes to turn on the shower. He goes to shave, and then he realizes nothing's on, and he checks everything. But then he goes, you know, after he checks everything out, goes to the shop, gets you know, builds another fucking boat, uh, back to work, chop what chop a chop. Man. What, what a man! man. Yep. <laughs> so he doesn't waste any time. Um, he gets his camera. Should have taken photos of number two's room. But never mind. Mm. Um, takes lots of photos and all of that, and you keep thinking something's going to go wrong, but everything seems to be going okay with everything, and you keep waiting. Then he gets out onto the sea, and it's proper castaway slash Joe versus volcano. I've written. Then I've written dot 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 other Hanks two question marks. Has actually Hanks been in shit tons of things where he's drifting around on the ocean? Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Captain Phillips, but it's only a matter of time. So. I like all of that. Um, and then I like he's writing, you know, day one, day two, and then it's like day 18. And he's like, oh no. And then he was such a justified and angry underline of day 18. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh my God. And he's shaving and, and he's like having a horrible time. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, does it, that for me basically suggests the entire village is in on it? You know, there isn't really anyone to trust. Or they were all told there's a group outing this weekend. You know, leave your homes. I think ultimately you have to do what you're told in the village. Mm. So whether you're there for whatever level you're there on, on terms of freedom and so forth, you said, okay, keep quiet. Don't wake up number six. We're all going to fuck off. Um, and and then you know so yeah and we'll do it in the night and we'll, we'll just do it very quietly leave everything just go, boop, 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 we're gonna go and then we'll come back in like you know a month or something um, and everyone just does it because those are the rules of being in the village whether you like it or not and if you do if you did put up shit so I'm gonna tell number six You're gonna get rovered ain't you so you know just get on with it yeah <laughs> that's nice Jeffy that's nice I like clarifying things like that with you good lovely. Um, yeah, you could also just say the village is whatever it needs to be for the writer on that particular day. Uh, the laws of physics and the laws of everything, um, ultimately, were not the top priority, I think. They're just, it's there to serve. But I could certainly uh, fan wank around it as well. And I'm sure what, you know, it's all valid. So yes, yes, a thousand times. Quick question, who were the boat cunts? Were they in on it? Or were they, you know, so were no, they village really people? Randoms, randoms. I think it was random. And that's wicked. In which case, yeah, I mean, that's lucky. I mean, what would have happened to number six had they not turned up? Would he have just died? Or did the village have a contingency to like pick him up? But then the goat, the, 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 the pirate people did turn up, steal all his shit. It, what, not content just to leave him to die on the raft, yeah. throw him into the sea and then just fuck off. Which I thought was unfair, uh, but of course it's number six in it. So he climbs up, fucks him up. Um, doesn't and I kill would him. fall for that shit. I would fall for the smoke downstairs. Like that was yes. wonderfully executed. Like yeah, it's yes. my my henchman. You know, culpability and uh, you know gullibility is is absolutely there with the smoke, but not there with the white cloth. Yeah. So that's my yeah uh, yeah yeah. If if, if, if my and that's human. for you know an, an evil corp at some point, then. Uh, that's that's how good I'd that's, be. That's the trick. Well, I think it's fair though. 
especially on a boat, if there's smoke coming up, you need to go and check that shit out. <laughs> so it's it's valid. I, I'm not much of a sailor, but I don't want to burn to death and then drown at the same time. Um, so yes. Oh, and also I wrote here, pirate's food, nice supper, beans, etc. something, maybe a bun wrapped up. So I was really into my note taking at this point because I was getting quite meticulous. But in fairness, <laughs> uh, I was impressed. To me. I don't think they're heating those beans up. Out of <laughs> you don't think so? They might have been heated over a thing. But no, you're probably right. I'm sure they were cold. <laughs> but you got that nice bread or something wrapped up. I'm sure it all goes well. Once you eat it as a combination, Jimmy, I think it was okay. Those pirates had the right idea. Um, I, was, I, I, like, I like it a lot. But I don't like that they left the lids on, you know, sticking out because then you're going to cut your thumb. Yeah. To take them. After you do it, don't leave it hanging off. Oh, it's asking for trouble. <laughs> um, so that's all right. Uh, oh, and there were gun runners, apparently. I mean, they had a lot of guns. And, oh, and I also wrote smug captain Neeson wannabe. Uh, mm. I don't know if you would agree with that. But yeah, that was um, clever smoke shit. There you go. Uh, clever smoke shit in pirate kitchen he's done that before I wrote with that in capitals meaning yeah number six wasn't making that up as he went along he's like I know what I'll do I'll do that cool smoke trick um, so yeah yeah no it's good um, oh but sneaky baddies with hidden cabinet hole um, and also the fact that number six has been through so much and he hasn't slept he was on that boat for such a long time and then he's being beaten up and then he has to fight those pirates. Then he jumps off and he gets and he beats them up again. Then he swims, then he wakes up on the beach and then he has to climb the fucking cliff. It's like, where does he get all this energy? Because he wasn't eating beans that I saw. So it's just, it's all, it's endurance. You it's perseverance. You're sponsored by Hines today, aren't you? Yeah, well, there you are. Beans oh. means survive. Oh, that's your number six slogan. That's fucking great. Um, speaking of which, pure endurance, pure perseverance, it's like alive and shit, I've written. Uh, yeah. Just like get over one mountain, then get over the next. Can I ask you uh, quickly? Yeah. I've never understood the wake up on the beach trope. Like, mm. you see that so often where, you know, the hero wakes up, like on the beach, having been washed mm. up, you know, unconscious. But mm. how the flip does that actually work? Like, this one, mm. you're unconscious, you're bobbing along in the waves, and you're not dying. And then you wake <laughs> up on the beach. I know, I've just never got it. I've never, I don't even know if it's possible. I think. No, to actually wake up and not drown is pretty tricky. You could wash up pretty easily, but you would be dead. But yes. I think every now and then, but not as often as Hollywood would have you believe, there's like a great big swell, a big wave. You're bobbing along, but it's not just bob. You're like tossed around, you're thrown, you're flipped, and then pow, you get deposited on the beach with a splosh. And then you're like, Ugh and you're covered in seaweed and barnacles and like a, you know, like a starfish on your head, but you're like, but you're there and you probably scraped along the beach because the wave just smashed you down. So you probably lost a nipple among the shingle. So it's either that or drown if you're going to get washed up, but you're right. Hollywood does give the wrong impression about such things. Defo. Nice. Or you could be dragged to shore by a bunch of friendly crabs, well, and that seems true. equally unlikely. But you never know. <laughs> I want to, uh, another. 
Oh, we are a mermaid. Oh, that's nice. But no, they would just take you back down to the murky depths, um, have their fishy way with you. I know their sort. Listen here. I wrote um, climbing cliff is pure Daniel Plainview at this point. It's like the first five minutes of There Will Be Blood. It's like, yeah, again, painful, amazing perseverance. Um, the and dynamic. So at the top of that cliff, Sheps, and you're walking cow. And you see McGowan, and he asks you, where is this? <laughs> what are you doing in that moment? Like, are you giving it a planet Earth? Or are you giving it, <laughs> this is uh, Frostmark Poland, or are you giving it, what are yeah. you doing in that moment? Are you running like this guy? Well, no, I'd be like, where is this? They're like, well, uh, you, I, it looks like you just come from the ocean. So I'm going to, so I'm going to make a leap. And I'm going to say, well, this is, let's say in this case, uh, this is Poland. This is the coast of Roswell. If you go in that direction, there's a post office. If you go down there, there's a tree. Uh, this is a cow, Daisy. What else do you want? Uh, do you want to come and meet my, my very daughter? Very helpful of you, Sheppy. Very helpful yeah. of you. I think well, I would you speed walk away. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, you would avoid eye contact and you'd say, Come along, Daisy, and you just like you, you leg it away. You're like, hello, no, nothing, fine, ignore the freak. Yes, good stuff. Well, in this case, um, when they do get to the gypsy camp, um, dynamic imagery and stark, stark shit, and they've got the, the, the tree and him standing there, and it's very weathering heights, um, mm. and I like all of that. Um, and then um, a massive twist that you, know, you have this woman, and it turns out she's fit which I thought was lovely and unexpected. Um, so that was good with their weird accents and I'm sure imaginary language they're speaking. So yeah. yes, that was nice. Absolutely, Sheppy. And, I, and then like, I mean, I've got it. My next note is just Mac in Marble Arch, exclamation mark. But yes. just, uh, yeah. Well, no, back there. But you know, when he sees like the people and the, the, the Bobby and the cars um, and everything, um, it's like it, it, you know he can't return to civilization. He's like the sailor in the black freighter from Watchmen. It's like these might be normal people, but he can't trust them. He's too fucked up. He might have made it to freedom, but he's like ah. Um, and then, in fairness, later we're told, oh, they were, they weren't looking for you. They were looking for an escaped convict. But surely that's what Number Six was and is. And so maybe if he had have come out to the cop, he would have been taken back to the village. Um, yeah. yeah, so because I make it again that leads it to how much was like let's say the game where it seems everything was planned for with millions of contingencies, but every contingency is planned for and it's like planned meticulously to an inch of its life, or did they just like step the fuck back, let number six get on with it, like wake up in an empty village and just see how far he gets? Were they monitoring him? How much were they able to monitor him? I think the Bobby was uh, a village agent. And so that's my own personal take from, from it because they said escaped convict, that's too specific. So just with that in mind, were there other little you know, places like maybe if he had trusted the gypsy woman, maybe she was in on it, maybe, um, you know, that's my take anyway. Nice, good take. I agree with it, Sheppy, for sure. Um, so we got back to London. The village run deep, yeah. Yes, um, yes. So he's back to London, Ipcris style. Um, 
and it's so shocking that he seems to have made it. What were you thinking at that point? Like, oh, he certainly actually seems to be in London, and I know this isn't the last episode. So what was on your mind? Yeah, I didn't... I mean, I... I guess it's unhelpful to know there's more, so I'm just waiting for him to get hooked back in, honestly. You know, that's the thing. But yes. I, I was thinking he was in real London town, absolutely. Yeah. And I was very excited and on tenterhooks as to how this one was going to... Oh, yeah, up. exactly, because you know the rest of the show isn't going to be him living his life in London, going, I'm glad I got away from that village. So, yeah. <laughs> um, although, in fairness, season five, I've lost. But anyway... Um, <clears throat> Amaz it's such a long game, really, actually. It's amazing from, from the point of view of the, the village people, um, as it were. Um, I like that. He's so fucking angry when he's talking about his car. I know every yeah. nut and bolt I built it myself, um, which is great. <laughs> he's so lovely, um, though, isn't she? That tenant lady. The yes. energy in is amazing. And, yes. You know, and her afternoon tea looks amazing. I'm so, oh, I'm so I, it's like Game of Thrones. You know, I would, all the food I think is delicious, as described in the books and in in the prisoner. Everyone's having really nice food, so yeah, that's an advantage I think. Everything's nice. The tea is nice. Yeah. Um, also, there's amazing nautical ability on display um, by those people working out where they, you know, where the village is and all oh. of that and. The wind vector and all of this, and oh. that snooty, shitty guy. But there's the other cool guy, and number six is just about keeping his shit together. But then his old friend, who we don't know, it's all ambiguous. Again, right at the end, we still don't know if he's in on it or not, apart from the fucking pilot. But it's like his friend calling him like jokingly number six. So it's a clever way that we are not told what his actual name is because, you know, it's not, you know, it's good that we don't know. Um, so he says number six jokingly and if, is he in on it is he not in on it I don't know uh, the woman with the cake is fucking lucky that he didn't snap her neck and again when you think back says, I'll bake you a cake and all of that mm. is pretty special well it's the line isn't it there's your many yeah. returns yeah, yeah absolutely well before we get just to that exact moment um, I will say getting in the plane going through the rigmarole like the pilot lets him find the village and it looks like it takes hours painstakingly and then they find it and then he fucking turns around and with an old bee seeing you and he's fucking loving it i don't blame him he's been waiting for hours and pow and off he shoots <coughs> you assume he just flies off and doesn't return the plane because not everyone was in on that um yeah it's brilliant it was, it's wonderful yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, were you just like fuck? Be the best <laughs> yeah, he's, and it cuts back to him, and he's still loving it as he flies away. And again, I don't blame him. He must have been tittering about that for hours, and it really stays on it. Like it's not from Number Six's point of view. So you see him take off his mask, and you see him reach for the ejector button, and then you see him turn around and look at Number Six and say, "Be see you." And then he pulls it and power pops him out, goose styly. So yeah, uh, love it, love it. If it was me, I would have pulled the wrong one and I would fly out and say, oh, you got me. <laughs> so embarrassing. They have to pretend that I did it on purpose. Really embarrassing. <laughs> um, so yes, any any other thoughts just about? Um, 
a few just quickly just the the map trajectory you've mentioned it but i just thought the map trajectory scene was so satisfying with their little compasses and their like getting the area was just wonderful um I put how good uh, Pat McGee's, I'm getting very familiar with him with all these abbreviations of the name. Um, you know, his line readings was a good luck. Thanks. You know, just <laughs> I love the retractable foot grip in the side of the plane. I thought that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Like, just was so satisfying. We're probably, of course, they existed, but it was really good. Um, great. And I know they can't show anything. And we, we talked about his his religion uh, last time ships and how he didn't want to be seen with another lady on screen, et cetera, and all that sort of thing. But do you reckon they did in the lore of this, the, the lady with the cake, when he was staying at her place and he got all cleaned up, there was a bit of chemistry there, right? Or am I just picking that there up? There was chemistry, but I, I don't think, yeah, there was chemistry. I mean, there's crackling chemistry. Um, there was obviously, it was obviously, I mean, talking about McCorkendale, Michael York, um, that was deliberate, you know, that was yeah. McGowan writing that character and that explains, that gives number 12 a motivation mm -hmm. why he's helping number six. So Catholic or not, he, you know, he, loads of people have crackling sexual tension with number six, but he doesn't really ever give it back. I mean, he, yeah, he crackles yeah. back, but he doesn't act on it. So it's mm -hmm. all valid. Interesting. I um, love when he gets back in after he like here, he comes down, plonks down on the beach, trudges back up to the village still deserted you know everyone's tittering around the corner gets into his place uh it's fucking knackered and then the water comes comes on then the coffee starts then uh she comes in and everything and then the, the village comes to life and they do this big parade for him and it's his birthday many happy returns uh and it's like yeah i mean what can you do and then you think well was all of this the village basically saying happy birthday and letting number six escape was their birthday present to him. Oh and that's God. their long game. Yeah. That's a wonderful, wonderful, like, way of negotiating. <laughs> that's so the game. It's amazing. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You worked for it. You got it. Um, and never mind that you lost it. I, If I was number six, I would take some solace that people know that this place exists they know that i'm here wherever here is you know mm. it's not like what happened to number six and we dropped off the face of the earth so that but again who knows maybe maybe they've all forgotten by now yeah and i guess uh, the law of this as i'm a first timer you know my mind is immediately saying to me now well then of course it's therefore the brits doing this to them um but maybe Maybe there's there's an up top, there's a longer game at play here where the Ruskies have got an arm of MI5 and they're kind of, yeah. you know, playing. And I guess it's still a bit ambiguous, but it does feel a little bit more like a done to with a why did you resign sort of thing, you know? Yes. Uh, mm. It would seem to me, coming at it from a fresh perspective, that I would say, if I was watching this for the first time, I would, in terms of, like, they keep saying, I don't know whose side it is, which side is doing it. There's all of that. It seems to me there would be like a, like almost like a joint venture between, let's say, the two powers or maybe multiple powers. And this village is basically neutral territory. And you have representatives, quote unquote, from different governments um, working to create this environment and they are each yeah. keeping it secret from their respective governments. 
that would be a a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm, okay. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the fact that I'm saying that out loud means that we're not never told. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, you know, it's yeah, it's 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 a show that doesn't necessarily. You know, the questions are more important than the answers, which some might a say. Ribbon, Sheppy, at the end, I'm definitely not expecting a ribbon and a big bow on this thing at all. Like you know, I can imagine that would be quite ambiguous still, given the way it's been. So. Right. It's one of those things, um, yeah, well, I won't say anything, but yes, it's, it's, it's a tricky one because by nature it is an ambiguous show. And again, you know, the questions, it's, you know, it sounds like a cop-out to say the whole, the questions are bigger than the answers, but the, in this case, it's true. They are asking the right, you know, and everything. So that's great. I like it though. I like it all. I like it all very much. So I think that's everything. Was there, was there any other note or thought you no, had about Shep, I'm, all, I'm all out. I'm all out. Oh, no. Three fantastic episodes, like you say, Jimmy. So yeah. onwards and upwards. Um, so wonderful. Shall we um, sign off this beauty for now and just say to everybody, uh, tune in next time, more Prisoner uh, chapters to come. If you're listening to this, hope you're enjoying this little journey. And I think we can just go ahead and say that Pretty soon, uh, episode proper will be winging its way in the shape of an Austin Powers. So that's yes, exciting. It will, sir. It will. Yeah. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Happy, happy. Uh, so, Jimmy, how on earth do we sign out uh, from this particular episode? I, I mean, are we have we not just we we got ourselves off the hook with this one, Chef, because I think we can always end with a little. Be seeing you. <laughs> Classic.